You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We've been going through the series entitled Beyond the Signs. This is a series where we talk about um, the book of John. Uh, John the Beloved who wrote a book which he used signs you know, of the many things he wrote, he used signs and he said that these signs are actually miracles. And each sign points to a truth that Jesus is God. As I continue uh, tonight's preaching, let me further introduce myself. I'm Jay. I'm married to one wife. <laughs> and uh, tunay pong buhay ang Panginoon. I, I was, uh, my prayers were answered you know, through my beautiful and wonderful wife. Uh, who has been given much grace. <laughs> and um, we've been married for um, two very long months. <laughs> and uh, going on the third. And uh, we're, we're expecting a baby soon this year. Pregnant, pray with us. Um, appreciate uh, you guys. And one of the many things I'm learning as uh, a part of our relationship is to, um, you know, when days are not okay, you know, you'd have to contend with it bilang mag-asawa. When my day is not okay, I just shut off. Right? I don't talk to anyone. I just go out. Have you ever had those days? You're not okay? Really, right? You wake up, you don't know why, but you know somehow, you just don't feel right. So, there are days that I wake up like that and now I have to contend and share it to my wife. <laughs> because I have a wife now. Before, I just shut off. And just... But there are those days really, right? When um, things... Or bad things just seem to keep on stacking. Parang ganun. You know? Um, you wake up at the wrong side of the bed. Bad hair day. Well, and then you go out. It's traffic. Summer ngayon, sobrang init. Tapos, pagdating mo sa trabaho, um, you don't like what you're seeing. Nakita mo yung boss mo. Tapos parang, ah, ako na naman. There are those days when just bad things keep on stacking. And today, we're going to look at a story in the Bible where a sign is shown when it seems like bad things keep on stacking for the disciples. And let us see what we can learn, what God is doing when things go in a way that we didn't expect it to be. So may I invite everyone to stand up and for us to read um, the book of John in chapter 6, verses 16 to 21, if you have your Bibles, please open with me. Again, that's John chapter 6, verses 16 up to 21. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat. And they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat. And immediately, the boat was at the land to which they were going. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today we are expectant that you will turn our hearts to you, that you will move mightily in this place. Lord, excite us 
for what you would do. Open our eyes and our minds so that your word would speak to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. This is a story where things seem to just keep on stacking. Um, bad things seem to just keep on stacking for the disciples. And um, if you've ever had that experience, but this happened right after our story last week. If you were here last week, we talked about the miracle or the sign of multiplication. Were you here last week? Yeah. I hope um, you got uh, what the heart of that preaching is, that when Jesus did that, that miraculous thing, He took five loaves of bread and two fish and fed how many? 5,000 men. That's important, that phrase. 5,000 men. Because they didn't count, they don't count during that time, the women and children. So in fact, when you think about it, he fed more than 5,000. Some scholars would even say around fifteen to 20,000. So piesta to ng tinapay at isda. And then, then everybody ate. In fact, it overflowed to 12 baskets. Remember that? And then at that point, this is where our story picks up. That story ends. Everybody gets their fill. We have the 12 baskets for the 12 disciples. And now, Jesus told the disciples, go back to the other side. Go to Capernaum. So, Capernaum is a place where um, Jesus and His uh, disciples stay. Yun yung kanilang home base. That's where they stay as a group. And... Um, he told the disciples to go there. And if you think about it, he dismissed the crowd, he went alone and prayed, and then the disciples went on in their boat. What happens with the disciples that really spells out for us situations that seem to be so frustrating, seem to be so fearful, and what and how can we see God in that? That's what we're going to talk about. This book of John has this purpose that when we see these signs, we may what? Believe. The purpose of studying the signs is that as we see what's beyond the sign, we would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, we may have life in His name. And that's the purpose of the book of John. All the seven weeks that we're going to talk about the miracles of Jesus, the purpose is that for you and me, the person right next to you, to believe that Jesus is the Christ. And when it says believe, it does not just mean acknowledging in the mind. It's a total response in life. Let's go to our story today. So this is where it starts, verse 15. So if you have your Bibles, you're, you're there, chapter 6. We're going to stay there pretty much. And I want you to see how this story unfolds really. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king. So the people, right after being fed, they wanted to make Jesus king. Why? If Jesus can feed them using only five loaves of bread and two fish, this Jesus is really extraordinary. Therefore, let's make him king. But Jesus, when you look at this, Jesus refused to be a king temporarily. Jesus refused to be a king of the temporary things because He knows 
He's a king of eternal things. And we will see that here. So he withdrew again to the mountain by himself when evening came. His disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started to cross the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. So I'd like you to imagine the disciples going to the boat, dark night. And this boat that we're talking about is actually a, a regular boat during that time. I used to live in uh, Lemery, Batangas, where um, near our place is a sea. Uh, and I usually see boats, but um, this boat that uh, this scripture is describing is kind of larger than what we normally see as fishermen boat. It's actually around 27.5 feet and um, around 7.5 feet width. So it's kind of large. It can fit around 15 to 12 people. Um, and, and that's what they used. So here comes the story. Jesus Christ told them, go to the other side, go back home. They rode their boat. And imagine how these disciples are. They're tired from serving, right? Remember, they were tired. And they rode this boat at the evening thinking, why isn't Jesus with us? He he went there. He wants to be alone. Okay, let's just go back. And we see this. They got to a boat and started across the sea. It was now dark. Jesus was not with them. Verse 18, the sea became rough. Now, it's getting and stacking and becoming more and more worse for the disciple. It's dark. You're tired. You know, you're, you're fatigued. You're kind of frustrated. And now at this point, it started to have a storm. Now, in this part of Israel, the Sea of Galilee, since it's second to the lowest lake below sea level, storms are usual and usually erratic. It's not predictable. Because um, wind would blow, um, cold wind would, would clash with warm wind, it would just eventually just go with the storm. So biglaan. Okay, they, they can't expect it. But these disciples, think about it, they were expert fishermen, remember? This, these guys were fishing their, li- their life before becoming disciples. And they had this big boat with them, and they were journeying on through the storm. They were fatigued, they were frustrated, and then this happens. Strong wind was blowing, and it was a great storm. Of course, I cannot think of how it looked like there, but you know, you watch the movie Perfect Storm? Kind of old, so if you're young, the Perfect Storm, this is from that movie actually. It's, it's, it's a large storm. In fact, the disciples were there, and again, just imagining how they were. And then suddenly, something appeared right in front of them. A man walking towards them. Can you imagine? Dark night, tas bumabagyo, then you're tired, frustrated gina. In the account of Matthew, they were, have been rowing for nine hours. And they have reached three to four miles around, if you know South Mall, SM South Mall, 
up to here, festival. That's how long they have been doing this. They started their journey evening. It's almost the break of dawn. It's frustrating. And suddenly, an unknown thing appears in front of you. Parang yung mapili ka, chin, chin, chin. So papalapit ng papalapit. That's the story. In fact, in Matthew, they said, it's a ghost. He said, when they had rowed about three to four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea, coming near the boat, and they were frightened. They have so much fatigue already. They are frustrated. And now they are fearful. Have you ever been in that situation? That you're already tired? You're already frustrated? And then here comes fear. What's going to happen? Things just keep on stacking one over the other. It doesn't seem to be going right. Have you ever been there? For some of us, we have been there. We have had our situations where nothing seems to be going on right. And remember, these are the disciples. These are the followers of Jesus. They've seen how Jesus turned water into wine. They have seen how Jesus lifted up a man and made him walk. They have seen how Jesus healed the sick. And now, here they are, in the middle of a sea, frustrated, with so much fatigue in their body, and now fearing for their lives. What a situation to be with. And some of us right here, right now, are in that situation. You are tired, you are frustrated, and you just fear what's going to come next. It's a pitch black image of the night without a glimmer of anything. I can imagine them parang holding on to one another. What's this? What's happening? Situations like this, they're being expert fishermen didn't help. They were expert fishermen. They were, they were afraid. The big boat that they had didn't help. At that moment in time, they know this is really just a bad situation. But let's see what happens next. Let's see the beautiful, glorious movement of God in the Scripture. Chapter 6, verse 20. He said to them, It is I. In the midst of their fear, their frustration, their fatigue, Jesus spoke, It is I. Do not be afraid. In the midst of situation like that, you hear the voice of your God saying, It is I. Do not be afraid. These are some of the most hope-filled, life-giving words in the Bible. Let's take a look at these words. And really, I don't want us to miss what the Scripture is showing us what the Holy Spirit is saying to us through these words. When, when these words, this kind of long, but when you look back at the original words that they have, this um, clause, I mean, is actually just four words. Yung original translation, which is Greek, is only just four words. And these are the four words. I am, fear not. Can you say those words? 
I am fear not. In the midst of the situation that is frustrating, that is filled with, in the midst of your fear, God says, I am fear not. Medyo baroque, no? But then that, that's, that's I, I, I need to get that in, in a literal way because there's something here that should speak to us tonight. I am fear not. Let's take a look at the phrase, I am, or the noun, cause I am. It doesn't bring so much to us today, parang, I am so. But this meant something for them. It's like, you know, when you're, uh, when you're a kid, like, when I talk to, to people at my age, and we talk about Shider, for example. Well, you know Shider? See, we speak the same language. But when I talk to some of you, Shider, you go, huh? Right? Some of you, like, millennials are like, Shider? What Shider? But some of you, it's some, it, it sparks to you, right? Police pang kalawakan. Remember? Right? Yeah? Because, because that, those words may not mean much to someone who does not know the context why I'm saying it, right? Or... This is the same thing. When you hear the words I am, for us today, it doesn't ring so much. So what? But for these disciples, it meant something. In fact, when they heard this, I I can imagine some of the vivid images that they can think of. Since they were children, they were told that the name of God is I am. Exodus chapter 3 verse 14. These disciples, when they were young, would memorize the five books, the first five books of the Bible. They were trained to memorize this. So when when they heard, I am, they will will be reminded of this. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am sent me to you. The personal name that God gave to Moses to tell the people, is I am. And for so long, these disciples have been learning that the name of God is I am. So when they heard Jesus say, I am, it clicks in their mind. God? You see, they have been seeing Jesus doing so many great things. But at this point in time, this is one of those first moments when Jesus showed how great He is. He is more than just the Messiah that most of them were thinking of. He's actually God. In fact, the mere fact that He's walking on water says so much. Because here, He's showing that He's more than just able to provide food, to turn water to wine, to heal the sick. He can actually defy the natural laws of this earth. Why? He is God. Jesus is God. Oh, I don't want us to miss this. I don't want us to miss the fact that Jesus is God and that the point of John is for us to see this. That the Holy Spirit is telling to us right now, when you listen to the words, I am, when you listen to the name Jesus, does it spark in your heart? He is God. 
Does it give you a nudge in your heart? You've been so desensitized with the, the name Jesus. Huwag may makakilala kayo in Jesus' name. How lightly do we take His name sometimes? But in this specific place in the Scripture, the very name of God turned things around. And that's the name of Jesus. God Himself can turn things around. The mere realization, the mere mention can turn things around. Jesus is God. And many times in our modern thinking, we can miss the point of Jesus being God. Last week, I hope that all of us, if you weren't here last week, um, got the point that Jesus is more than just an ATM. Maraming Krisyano, pero wala daw dito yun, sabi ni Pastor Sunny. <laughs> pero wala dito yun, doon sa kabila daw yun. That when we approach Jesus, we feel like you owe us. Grant our wish. Many times we go to church with desires in our hearts and we only go to the church because of our petitions. Not to say that your needs are not important. I believe in my heart that God wants to fulfill the desires of our hearts. But first, we need to understand, I am. Jesus is God. There's no way to bend that, that's the truth. Jesus has been God, is God, will always be God. Is He in your life? And this is the first part of, of, of that message, right? These disciples were, was experiencing a downhill of frustration and fear. And suddenly, Jesus said, I am, saying He is God. The next words that we're going to take is fear not. He says, I am, saying I am the glorious God of your forefathers. I am the one who brought you out from Egypt. I am the one who fulfilled the desires of, of your forefathers. I am the one who led you down here. And he says next, fear not. Fear is such an interesting thing because fear is something that we all have, right? No one is exclusively shielded from fear. I remember uh, one of my psychology professors telling us um, there are only two kinds of people who do not fear anymore. Those who are mentally deranged, which they cannot fear anymore, or they have too much fear, or those who are dead. They do not fear anymore. So what is Jesus saying when He says, Fear not. When fear is so natural to each and every one of us in this place. You look at the person right next to you. That person has fears. I am not sure what it is. It may be what kind of life he or she will have. What job to pick next. Or maybe what happens to my children. Or what happens to my life. Or what about my friends and my colleagues that do not know Jesus yet. Or maybe they fear tomorrow I don't have food to eat. Or sometimes, some people fear, paano na ako mag-aasawa? Fear is so natural. But Jesus says, fear not. Fobeyo me. 
Jesus said, because the presence of Jesus drives fear away. The very presence of I am drives fear away. These four words joined together are some of the most hope-filled verses in the Bible. That when you listen to this, whatever situation you are in right now, Jesus is God, so you don't fear. He deserves praise because I hope we all realize that because He is God, we should not fear. What happens to us, according to Psalm 23, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The greater thing tramples the lesser thing. If we see a dog, for example, uh, barking unto us, some of us are afraid of dogs. I acknowledge that. But if you know that that dog can bite, if you know that dog is leashed, if you know that dog is trained not to bite, will you be still afraid? Uh-huh. No. <laughs> some of you are waiting. Take question. But <laughs> if we are certain of things, we're not fearful of things. It is uncertainty that makes us fearful, right? It was the thing that they were fearful of they were fearing the uncertainty of what this thing is. And that what this storm will bring. And that how, how long will this journey take? I have been traveling for nine hours. I'm not sure if you've rode for nine hours. <laughs> Sa Burnham Park, dalawang oras lang. <laughs> nine hours. For expert fishermen, okay, but still. They must have been tired. They started the journey. Evening. It's almost morning now. See, if we realize that God is God and we should not fear, we look at Scripture and see this. If God is for you, think about this with your name in it. If God is for you, Carl, who can be against you, Carl? If God is for you, Jay, who can be against you? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also give graciously all things? This is the God that we serve, the great I am, who tells us, fear not. So what happens? What should happen in our hearts as we look at these words, as we listen to these words? as we gaze upon Jesus Christ approaching us, telling us, I am God, do not fear. Ano ba that mangyari if I know these things? Let's see what happens to them. Let's see what happens to the really, really, really bad day up to this point. Verse 20, it says, But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Verse 21, They were glad. Remember, they were fearful. They were, they were fearing for their lives. They were fearing that this thing, whatever this thing is. But now, they are glad. 
They welcomed Jesus into their boat with gladness. Why? Because the effect of knowing Jesus Christ is God and that we should not be afraid is this. Jesus turned fear to gladness. The fears that you have today, God can turn those fears to gladness. Only if we realize that He is God and we should not fear. Many times our fears are based on things that we expect and do not get. But we see this Jesus turning around things for the disciples. They were at their wit's end thinking, what will we do? And suddenly Jesus approaches with the words of life. I am God, do not fear. Jesus can turn fear to gladness. Early on in my high school life, I learned that the worst days of your life can be the best days of your life. Do you, do you, have you ever experienced that? That the worst days of your life can be actually the best days of your life with some tweaking in between. Kapag may nangyari. For example, um, I remember uh, having, in my fourth year of uh, high school, we were graduating and I was crying. High school graduations, you're crying. Labas sa mata, labas sa ilong. Just crying. The reason why I was crying is not because I'll miss my classmates or that I'll leave high school. It's because I'm not sure what I'm gonna do in college. Have you ever experienced that? Uncertainty to the fullest extent. But in that very time, in that very day, you know, I remember when I went home, I saw the result of the college entrance exam and I passed. The worst day came up to be actually a really, really good day. Right? And what made it different? A good news. Right? A good news. A really, really bad day can be turned around by one good news. That's what happened here. A really, really bad situation was turned around by one good news. Jesus is God. They should not fear. That's the good news. We look further and we see they were glad to take him into the boat and immediately the boat was at land to which they were going. Remember, they were tired. They were in fear. They were frustrated. When Jesus came, he turned their fear to gladness. And at this point, all those nine hours, imagine, all those nine hours of travel, Jesus came, tapos na. Immediately. <laughs> All those nine hours of rowing in the storm, can you imagine? And then suddenly when Jesus said, I am, do not fear, when He entered the boat, immediately they were there. He turns your fatigue to rest. This is Jesus. I pray that we see this Christ that He can remove all the tired things in our lives. Sometimes we wake up, we are sick. Our loved one is sick. Our wallet is sick. But believe me when I say, when we see the truth of Christ, He can turn things around. I want you to appreciate this. John did not mention if the storm stopped. 
Matthew mentioned that. Mark mentioned that. John did not. He didn't care. Why? All he cared for is this. Jesus is in the boat. As long as Jesus is in the boat. I don't care if there's a storm. I don't care if it's far. As long as my Christ is with me, I'm okay. That's the message of the Scripture. See, some storms in our lives may not go away simply. I don't want to preach and say, you know what, when you accept Jesus, everything will turn out to be fine. It may not. In fact, when you go read this through, the disciples will go through tough times. Peter will be hanged upside down. Other disciples stoned to death. Some of them burned at stake. What made the difference is this. They know one thing that we should all know. Jesus is God. We should not fear. I am not sure what kind of situation you are in. I'm not sure if it's a storm. I'm not sure if you're crossing a travel. It's been so long. You've been waiting. It's not happening. But I tell you this, if you realize that Jesus is God, He is in control, you would not fear. John chapter 6, verse 20, 21. The only difference is that in the start of this story, remember, Jesus was not with them in the boat. The game changer is the presence of God. It was downfall from the start, all of it. Suddenly it changed, it turns around because Jesus is in their boat. Is Jesus in your boat? Today He's telling you, Jesus, I am God. You should fear not. Will you gladly open your arms and heart to this God? Third implication of this is that not only can He turn our fear to gladness, our frustration or fatigue to rest, He can turn frustration to satisfaction. After the story, they went on together and Jesus explained to them the miracle of the multiplication of the bread. And these disciples, according to Mark, they have been baffled by this thing that Jesus did. What happened there? They were frustrated, tired. But when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. He turns the frustration to satisfaction. In these words, we see that the fullness, the only satisfaction is Jesus Christ, the bread of life. Many times we try to reach God, perform things, do things. I often hear people say, I go to church, para naman, bumait ako. Para naman maging close kami ni Lord. No amount of effort can ever do that. Only the grace of God. No amount of effort can draw us near God only the grace of God. Because of all these things that happen, 
I hope that we take home that He is God and we should fear not. Because Jesus can turn a moment of desperation to a miracle of salvation. In the darkest, wearisome night of the disciples, when things don't make sense and suddenly my mumu sa dagat, Jesus brought to them an important message. Jesus is God. Do not fear. What is your point of desperation today? What is that time in your life? Or maybe you're not yet there. Maybe there's no storm raging in your life right now. And I praise God for you. I praise God that you're not experiencing tough times yet. But I pray that if you do, Jesus is in your boat. The greatest tragedy of life is not that we become poor or that we become sick or that we become unknown. The greatest tragedy of life is when we look at Jesus and not see Him as the greatest treasure of all things. That's a great tragedy. And so I pray that as you look at these words, I am, fear not. Your heart responds in praise. In Matthew, this is the first, one of the first moments that the disciples worshipped Jesus. When they saw Him walk on water and say, I am, fear not. They know they worshipped Him. The words fear not is expensive. It is expensive. Because for God to say that you should not fear Him, He needed to extend His hand. Much like when He extended His hand to Peter when he was drowning. A second time, His hand was extended. But this time, it's on the cross. For God to say fear not means this, that He is to take all frustration, all pain, all sin into that cross, pour it out onto Him, a guilt of sacrifice, and rise again from the dead. I praise God that cross is empty. I praise God that that cross is empty. Because it means, it validates the phrase, I am, fear not. It makes sense for me to believe that in my lifetime, in the toughest times of my life, I can gaze upon God, welcome Him to my boat, and believe the storm may not go away, but I have my full satisfaction in Him. Let me close with this story. Um, I got married just fairly recently around three months. And um, we were given a beautiful gift of life um, in my wife. And on our first month, I think, when we knew, uh, we were so excited. I'm not sure how the daddies felt when you saw the pregnancy test the first time. So excited. My, my life flashed in front of me like, I'm gonna be a dad. But really, I was really excited. 
But then a week or two weeks after, my wife went down with a really, really bad illness. It threatened our baby, threatened her life. We were at our wit's end. I was crying out to the Lord, Why, God? I was tired. I was frustrated. I was in fear. But I remembered, He is God. I should not fear. I'm not sure what that situation is for you. I pray that if ever you go through that time, you would remember, He is God. You should not fear. Let us pray. Father, we thank You because You have loved us even before we can love You. Thank You, Lord God, for coming in to save us in the cold, dark nights of our life when sin just covers everything around us, when our eyes cannot see You, when our hearts do not respond to You, You said, it is I, do not fear. Your grace broke open our eyes so that we can see. Your voice opened our ears so that we can come alive. Lord, I pray for my friends tonight that they would see You, O God, Hear your words as you tell them, my son, my daughter, do not fear. I speak blessing to these people. If you're here right now when you're going through a tough storm, a storm that's just holding you back, a storm that's just would not allow you to move forward. I pray that in the name of Jesus, you would hear His voice. I pray that He would turn your fears to gladness. I turn that He would make your frustration to satisfaction. I pray that He would turn you to Him and be satisfied with this love. Father, we thank You if not of your grace, we're nothing. Not of your beautiful, wonderful sacrifice on the cross. We are nothing. So today we want to worship you, God. We want to give back all praises and glory to you. Let's all stand and worship this King. He deserves our praise. Because He is God. Therefore, we will not fear. Without you, God, we are nothing. We acknowledge today, O oh God, that you are the one who turned things around from sinful to saint, from dead to life, from hated to loved. You are king. You are enthroned. You will be praised. For some of us right here, right now, this message does not seem to make sense. Maybe it's because, just like the disciples, Jesus is not in your boat. I invite you to the grace that God has given through the cross. If you're here right now and you're saying, I want to surrender my life to Christ, I'd like you to pray this prayer with me. Jesus, thank you for you have died so that my sin would be forgiven. I ask you, 
Be my king. Be my savior. I acknowledge that nothing that I can do can bring me closer to you. But only you can save me. I ask you to turn things around in my life that I may live a life of worship to you. If you pray that prayer for the first time, if you're seriously considering this Jesus Christ to be in your life, I invite you to just go near here later after the service. Just spend a moment, a minute or two. If you want to know about this Jesus Christ, I urge you, as the scripture tells us, let's lift our hands to this God. God, we thank you for today. Thank you for allowing us to worship you. Thank you for bringing life into our lives. Thank you that we cannot do anything apart from you. Lord, bless these people right here. Send them to the world that needs your hope. Lord, send them with a message of being salt and light to this world. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He turn to you and grant you peace. Be a blessing because you are blessed. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen and amen.